This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. With me today is Bishop Peter Smith, and we gather today and focus on a topic that we've talked on and off about for, boy, the last couple of years with Archbishop Alexander Sample, and that's Why Be Healed, and this beautiful uh, program that's going to be coming to our Archdiocese November 30th through December 2nd at Our Lady of Levang. Bishop Smith, thanks for joining us once again on The Voice of the Shepherd. Great to be with you, Dina Marie, and all those who are listening live or live streaming or will be listening subsequently. It's great to be on The Voice of the Shepherd. I wanted to get a little bit of your perspective and some of what you've experienced personally with this uh, John Paul II Institute, Why Be Healed. I think the book is called Be Healed by Dr. Shoots, right? And so we're, we're, in fact, registration is going on right now for a conference that's happening here in the Archdiocese of Portland. But this isn't brand new. Uh, this is something that's been unpacked and, and unveiled, so to speak, over the last couple of years. Maybe give us a sense of the history of the John Paul II Institute with our community here in the Archdiocese. Certainly. Uh, our involvement with them began, uh, I think, three years ago as part of the the new direction that the Archdiocese is going in under the leadership of Archbishop Sample. And one of those components was, and with the, the particular work of the John Paul II Healing Center in Jacksonville, Florida, and Dr. Bob Shooks, who's the guy who heads it. And we had him come and speak to our priests, I think uh, two, uh, two, con- two convocations back, he and then Sister Miriam Heidland, who's much more well-known in this part of the world uh, due to her time in Seattle. She's a, a sister from the Servants of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, the Salt Sisters. And she has her own compelling story, and it's she usually is, is speaking at a lot of a youth or young adult-style events and so on. So they came and they spoke to our priests, and they, d- they did a three-day version of what they do. And the... The whole focus of what they do is something like inner healing, healing of the wounds within. And the focus for us and for everyone, for us as priests, is you can't minister when you're wounded or you can't minister as well. And for people in general, we can't live our faith and our lives the way God calls us to when we have these wounds in our lives because those wounds affect us. They lead to lies that we believe about ourselves and God and others. And they also provide an opportunity for the evil one to get in. Um, We all know that when we have a bruise on our arm or shoulder and somebody punches it or or slaps it, that causes additional pain. So there's an example. The evil one does that. And sometimes the world around us does that as well. 
So in this whole ministry of inner healing, they do other things as well, but that's the prime focus is looking at the wounds that we have, what what are the, the, the things in our lives that need to be set free from that? And the Lord wants to set us free from the hold of these things on our lives so that we can now live more as God calls us to. So that's the focus of, of um, the whole ministry. Uh, Dr. Shooks and Sister Miriam have uh, a number of books out there. The, the, to get a real good sense, uh, uh, Bob Shooks's book, Be Healed, is the sort of essence of it, the basis, the foundation, and then beyond that. So it had a huge impact on the priests. Dr. Shooks also runs regular retreats for priests, for lay people, for, for bishops, so we've had a, a number, both, both the Archbishop and I have been on his retreat for, for bishops. A number of our priests, quite a few, have been on his retreat for priests. Other people have participated in other ways. Now, we decided to work with uh, the JP2 Healing Center and say, we can't bring everybody to Florida, but we're going to bring them here. So we we're bringing Dr. Shooks and Sister Miriam and the team here to Portland at the end of the year and we're having a three-day event, and so th- there's the, the, the healing ministry that goes, al- goes along with Bart Shooks. Uh, his brother, Bart Shooks, is doing a one-day seminar on equipping, so equipping uh, us with the gifts of the Spirit and the other gifts that we need to live a life of faith. And it will be in person at Our Lady of Lavang on, on, or just off 205, which can house the, the sanctuary area of the church can house over two thousand people, yeah. and and then they uh, I believe the the old church which is now like the event center can can easily sit a thousand. So the app, uh, registrations are open for that, and then there will be several live stream sites in the center of the st- of the diocese and in the south of the diocese where you can register for the live stream. And you come together. At, at a place, and the live stream is, it goes through there. And there is also translation into Spanish. It's pretty amazing just the intentionality of, of bringing this content to as many people as possible. I mean, you're trying to do as many different things. I know there's a lot of prayer on a daily basis that's going for the team, those who are preparing, because this is a big... Uh, this is a big this is a big program and when you talk about inner healing bishop smith maybe give us a sense because if our priests are wounded boy we're in trouble so we need to work on those wounds uh in order to have that opportunity for greater healing amongst the people yeah this is an opportunity for spiritual growth and also uh human growth there are four air, main, main general areas of, of healing that we look at, physical healing. So we, somebody has something physically wrong, and we, we will pray for them, we anoint them, we do these different things for physical healing. So that's one. Another one is inner healing. So it's all this, in a sense, psychological or wounds of our psyche. So, for example, quick, quick example, you may have been intensely bullied as a child. That's going to affect how you relate to people later on in life. Maybe you grew up in an alcoholic family. That affects how you relate to other people because you learn coping mechanisms 
as when you're younger, and these mechanisms, unless we recognize them, come into play and can, I don't want to say damage, but impact how we are able to relate to, to others. So there, there's an example. Then, then there's uh, also the, the, the so there's this physical healing, inner healing, um, deliverance or exorcism. So it's spiritual healing in that sense where this is the work of the evil one that's going on. And then uh, psychological healing in the sense that um, people have major psychological issues and how do you deal with that. So these are sort of the and it, it's the what it goes to is the the components that make us up as human beings, and in every, every one of those areas we we have imperfections, we have damage, we have the results of things uh, forced upon us without our choice, or things that are the consequences of our own choices. You know, so I uh, look at the folks that are using twelve step programs, for instance. Uh, say for for alcoholism, where you have a physical element in it, you have to stop drinking. There's a psychological element in there, so it's not just willpower. So you'll see the uh, the twelve step programs have built this community around this, where people walk with one another uh, throughout, and so that they can support one another. There's a spiritual sense in this. There's they use the expression higher power so it's open to all, but we would say God, God has to be part of that healing. And the damage that it causes, we you know, we try to redeem that as best we can and make restitution. Right. So really, I mean, we think, oh, maybe right now at this moment, I don't have any particular s- suffering, but over my life, there's, I think everybody has experienced some type of wound, whether it's in the home, it's in relationships. It's part of, unfortunately, human nature where there's something that we need to address and to be able to really let God into those areas of our life. That's a very good description of it, Dina Marie. Let God into these areas of our lives. Because in some of, some of us, uh, we can't hide it. But some of us have become very good at burying these things or like pouring a slab of concrete over what was down below. And sooner or later, we, we have to deal with that because otherwise those things pop up and then they manifest themselves in other ways in our lives. You know, the, the, this, the problem itself is buried, but the manifestation of it we see in these other symptoms that are there. Uh, so you could have somebody who is grievously hurt by the anger of another, and they bury that and manage it. But then you start seeing this come out in the way they treat people who who are deficient in their eyes or don't measure up and so on. So those are all things that we see at those moments. And God doesn't deal with it all at once, mercifully for us. But you, when going on something like this, there may be something very specific that you're looking for, or you can say, Lord, here I am, what do you want? And see what the Lord brings to light. And sometimes it's, it's things that we know, and sometimes it's things that we don't expect, or it's things that we don't see the angle that the real issue is there, and then this comes to light. This is why. Right. And these things are, are roots in our lives. They use the image of this, this large tree. 
And these things are the roots, and the roots are the sap that goes up into the life of the tree and through the trunk and into the branches. And if the roots are corrupted and bad, then that's going to show up ultimately in the leaves and in the flowers and the fruit or whatever else. The Be Healed Conference with the John Paul II Institute is coming up here in the Archdiocese of Portland. And as Bishop Smith has mentioned, there's a lot of options, not only coming in person, which is highly recommended, but if you do live uh, several hours out, there are some satellite ways where you can come in. I know Springfield, St. Alice will be another location further south. So there's a lot of options for live streaming. Check the website at archdpdx.org where you can go directly for that registration information on the Be Healing the Whole Person program, November 30th through December 2nd. We've used this word, I think Pope Francis has used a company, and you've already talked about, you know, as ministers, whether it's our priests accompanying or we accompanying one another in life, if we're wounded, it's hard to accompany or even to identify when somebody needs help, somebody needs support. How do you see this type of training really helping to to equip both priests, our lay leaders, and just, you know, us in general to better accompany one another in our walk in life. I know some people don't like that word, but the reality is we do it for each other all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you're married and you're living with your spouse, you accompany one another through life, or at least I hope you are accompanying one another, which means you look out for one another, you take care of one another, you are tolerant, you are forbearing. At times you have to be more direct in those situations, but if, if your marriage is working well, that's all done with real charity and love. And in a sense, as disciples, we are called to be disciples and friends of the Lord. Jesus did not form a group of individuals. He formed a community around himself, and that's who we are, the church, and we are supposed to accompany one another. So that's part of our call as Catholic Christians, accompaniment with one another. Now, when we are wounded, that may negatively impact how we are able to accompany one another. On the other side, when we are wounded but our eyes are on the Lord and the Lord is healing us, we bring now bring that experience of our own wound to our brother or sister, and that may make us fairly uniquely equipped to speak to them in the midst of what they are suffering or going through at the present moment. So it, it, there, there, there is a good side to it and a, a bad side to it. You know, what, what's happened to us has happened, but God wants to set us free from those things that have happened to us that damage us or, or hold us back from following him and his call for our lives. So it's one of those things. That's why you, you, can, you look at all this and this is reality, but God can transform that hurt, that wound, that past reality into something for his glory. And you look at uh, Joseph as a great example. I mean, he gets sold into slavery by his brothers. By the way, I have great sympathy for his brothers. Joseph was a cocky, arrogant little guy, full of himself, and pushed his brothers over the edge. I'm not condoning what the brothers did, but 
there, what happens to Joseph isn't, he's not just a totally innocent person in this. So Joseph is this way, and this situation happens, and Joseph is laid very, very low. He's a slave. And the important thing, that Joseph never takes his eyes off the Lord through all of this. He could have done that so many times. He clung to the Lord in the midst of this catastrophe that had befallen him. And he, he, he kept his eyes on the Lord all the way through, refusing to be tempted by different things, enduring whatever consequences came because of his decision to live as the Lord called him to. And what did the Lord do? The Lord took that, took him, took that, and transformed the situation so that here he is, number two in Egypt, and he's able to save his entire family and nation in the time of, of, of the famine. So th there's an example where God can take something bad or evil that's happened in our lives, and if we allow the Lord to work within us, who knows what God can do out of a very bad situation like that. So it's everything is redeemable. It, you know, what happened to Joseph happened. It doesn't change the past. But now Joseph's in a situation where he's forgiven his brothers, and now he can do great good because of all that he's been through that's brought him to this point. And that's what the Lord wants to do with our lives, is to uh, deal with the issues in our past, help us to work through them and grow by, through them by faith, receive the healing that he has, and then he'll take that and, and, and use that not just for ourselves, but for others around us, because we can bring something. Another example was a priest that I was uh, at the seminary with, my year, for another archdiocese. Um, he was an alcoholic for many years. Uh, part of his conversion was be becoming sober, and then he was, uh, he, was, he was sober for a number of years, and that, that, in that process, of getting sober and getting his life together, he, he really came back to faith. And after a suitable period of time, approached the, the, the archbishop of that archdiocese, and he was sent to the seminary. He, he was ordained a priest, and one of the first things the bishop did, archbishop did in his archdiocese was say, I want you to establish, to go around building and supporting 12-step groups for alcoholics and addicts, and you can speak to them in a way that, no, that nobody else can. And that's what he did. He went around. And when people, people would say, well, this, that, he said, don't give me that. I've been there. I've done that. I've gone through this. I know what this is like. So that, that's very helpful. There's an example where God took this great damage and wound in his life and then turned it around so that he could help others in a way that perhaps many others who are doing that ministry can't. Right. You mentioned a, a big word, I think, that is part of this healing process, and that's forgiveness, forgiveness, or the the crux is unforgiveness. And when we are living in a state of unforgiveness, whether we recognize it or not, and I think many times we probably, like you mentioned before, have buried things where we're still not quite right with that person or that situation. Could have been decades ago, but it's still harming us and how we treat God and others. Unforgiveness is a huge, huge issue. Uh, when we don't forgive, 
we hold ourselves ransom to what others have done for us. I saw a definition that said, unforgiveness is the choice to continue to punish ourselves for what others may have said or done. We're punishing ourselves. And you have to be set free of that unforgiveness. I can give you story after story of situations I know where people were unable to be healed, unable to do something, unable to to surrender their lives to, to Christ in a deeper way because there was unforgiveness. And the Lord said, I mean, think about it. How often do we pray the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We should think about that. We're telling God, hold us accountable to the degree that we will hold others accountable and not forgive them. If we don't forgive others, you don't forgive us. We should think about that because of what we're saying to the Lord. And yeah, it's not a light switch effect. If it is, get down on your knees and thank God from, with everything you have because that's what we want, light switch effect. God do this, bang, and this happens, and all those feelings of anger and hurt and bitterness and so on are gone. Um, for us as human beings, our emotions, it takes a while for that to happen. I mean, you, when we fall in love with somebody and we begin that relationship, we grow in love, it's a process. And so the flip side, letting go of these things, like letting go of bad habits, it takes time. And as I said, if God does it instantly, it's a wonderful gift. But these things take time. But with forgiveness, even though our emotions may not be there, our will and our has to be there and our intellect has to be there. And it's okay to say, Lord, I forgive Jim for what he did to me. I want to strangle him and punch him. I'm so mad with him. But I know this is what you're calling me to do. So I, I consciously choose and will to forgive him. Please bless Jim. May your perfect will be done for his life. And then pray for this person, whoever it is, and ask for God's blessing for them. Because in many cases, these people aren't aware of the damage they've done to us. We are, but they aren't. And because they aren't, even if they're good Christians, they aren't coming forward and say, I'm so sorry I offended you. Please forgive me. And then what does the devil tell us or what do we tell ourselves? See, they don't care. I mean, it's, it's a vicious little loop that we get caught in. But forgiving people is a key. If we don't forgive others, it's like we're damming up the river of grace that God wants to pour in our lives. Not to keep it in us, but to keep it out. And as hard as it is, you know, we have to learn to do that and trust the Lord in that. And part of it, I think, too, is that we want people to receive their just desserts for what they've done to us. But in the end, it's not for us to do that. It's for God to do that. In the end, that, those kinds of things, in some cases, they get sorted out in this life. Um, but in the end, most of those things get sorted out before the judgment seat of God. And you, people will say, well, how do you live now with that? And it's like, well, what did Jesus do? He endured the humiliations of being scourged, of being whipped, being insulted, and carrying the cross. And every one of us at different times in our lives is faced with that choice. 
Are we going to embrace Jesus in the midst of all this? And it's okay to say, Lord, I have nothing. I'm being, these people are speaking evil of me. And you see that in the Psalms because our natural instinct is to defend, to hold people accountable. That's not what the Lord wants. So the unforgiveness, that's something that, that uh, on this retreat they will deal with. Unforgiveness. Where in our lives do we have situations that are holding us back from the Lord? As we look at our community, Bishop, where are the needs for our marriages, for our priests? Where do you see we really need healing in, in these people? All of us have uh, areas in our lives where we have hurts and difficulties and things from the past. The good news is God wants to bring us healing, and he wants to do it not just now but through the rest of our lives. And in, in, in the end, if you want to look at it this way, purgatory is the ultimate healing. God heals us from all these last things so that we can live with him in eternal glory. So... Every one of us has these areas in our lives, even those of us who have been through it. And my community, inner healing and deliverance, and these things are very much part of our lives. We do them regularly. But even in a retreat like this, the Lord can go back to things that we think we've taken care of, and now we have to go deeper. Why didn't God go deeper in the first go-round? Because we wouldn't be able to deal with it. So when you know, now God is circling back. Now there's something else I want to set you free from. And God doesn't do this to punish us or whatever, but so that we can be even freer to love him, to serve him, to follow him whatever way he leads and to be his witnesses. Well, I want to encourage people to get onto the website. And if you haven't already registered, to register for the Healing the Whole Person Institute. And with that, Bishop Smith, would you help us close? Certainly. And what, I'll add one other thing to that. If you go to the Archdiocesan website, which is www.archdpdx, get that D after the arch in, .org, you will see the registration for the Healing the Whole Person uh, uh, retreat on the front page. There's something else on the front page. If you want uh, information about these kinds of events uh, uh, on a sort of smaller scale that may be available, there's the Church Alive newsletter, which is on the bottom right-hand corner. You can give them your email address. They'll mail it to you every week, and it lists all these kinds of things going on. Let us pray. Lord, we ask you to bless us. We ask you to bring healing to our lives. We ask you to set us free that we may love you, serve you, and follow you after your own heart. And we ask this all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for joining us today on The Voice of the Shepherd. For Bishop Peter Smith, I'm Dina Marie. And until we meet again, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.